Hey guys, so yesterday was International Women's Day and it was quite an interesting one. It's an amazing day to celebrate all the women that have been doing amazing stuff. And it had a nice theme, Digital, Digital Innovation for All. Uh, so they're telling everybody to embrace equity in the digital space and innovation space. And we need more women in the tech space. And uh, yeah, of course, this podcast has three men. And I apologize in advance, but it's for good reason. Women are behind the scenes making all this stuff works. So yeah. normally, if you would agree with me, it's usually the case is usually reversed. The women are the ones talking, yeah. and all of that. Then the men are the ones doing stuff behind the scenes. But this time around, we have our own Diani Femi and Onomer behind the scenes running those amazing stuff. And they're saying hi. You guys can say hi if if you want to. Hi. Louder, please. Thank you. Hi. Okay, <laughs> thank you. So, yeah, the 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 International Women's Day has a very very rich history, ties to different. So it cuts across different societies. So when you see people fight on the basis of race, tribe, and all of that, it makes you wonder. Like most of the issues we face, they don't care about your race, they don't care about your tribe. Mm. I mean, two countries that they have, they have been very very big rivals for quite a long time, Russia and the United States. The origins of the International Women's Day actually traces back to these two countries. There's one in the US, then uh, in the 1800s, there was a protest about anti-slavery movement, but somehow, somehow, they were preventing women from talking mm -hmm. at these conventions, and it led to a revolution. Then in Russia, March 8th, uh, 1917, it was women that actually brought this spark to the Russian Revolution of 1917. So Russia, the communist country of then, and uh, like U United States with USSR Russia. I'm not going to keep myself <laughs> into trying to remember the, what this acronym stands for. Then United States too. Then there are all the events around the world. There's the garment worker strike where women were trying to clamor for more uh, equitable and reasonable employment treatment. So yeah. So many, many things to talk about and uh, a very, very rich history. If you've not gone to grasp of all of this, then you need to subscribe to the Workaholic Newsletter. It's being handled by Oluwani Femi Kolawole. She's, she's a muse, that's what I can say. And yeah, lots of information on about International Women's Day and how it relates to work. So if you're a woman out there and you work, you're a working mother, you're a working adult and all of that, you should be following the workaholic because it contains lots and lots of amazing stuff. So, yeah, what are we talking about today? A lot. Yeah, Chingo Zerim, Bolu, are with me today in the podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah, we, are, we, tr we tried to get a woman on the podcast, but it didn't work out. <laughs> it needs to be said. Yeah, it needed to be said. But yeah, we celebrate you, all right? <laughs> okay. So, what are we taking first? Flutterwave, Kenya, TBN. Is anything blockchain today? Nah, okay. we are resting. You are resting? You guys, you guys, <laughs> you lied to us. We are still resting. Okay, so mm. but first of all, we heard that uh, Flutterwave got hacked. Yep. Uh, sometime in February, right? Yes. And hackers made away with 2.4 2.9 actually. 2.9 billion dollars. Naira, mm. Naira. Naira. Okay, so can you give us the gist very, very briefly? Because I want to actually get more behind the scenes stuff that has been okay. since then. Yeah, so the gist is just that, um, you know, we saw a letter written by Flutterwave's lawyer to the police 
asking them to get a court order to freeze some accounts because their Flutterwave accounts were hacked and 2.9 million Naira left those accounts and they need to freeze the beneficiaries of the destination of you know that money so um it happened the letter was sent around february uh 13 and the letter said it happened two weeks ago which means the act happened around february 5th 6th thereabouts and there were a lot of people accounts that were frozen around uh, 807 accounts and not just those 107 accounts 807 accounts that those 107 accounts sent money to other accounts so they will freeze those accounts freeze the people they sent to the people those ones sent to so up to how many like up to like five five like fifth five generations, generations. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like <laughs> like biblical times where exactly. the course will follow you to the mm-hmm, five mm-hmm. the father and his son and his son son and son son yeah. okay that's so fine. they froze all those accounts and you know we actually saw people coming online saying oh my accounts have been frozen you know corroborating the story that this thing actually happened and well, Flutterwave came and said yes no Flutterwave you know they released a statement saying there was no hack uh, they were only doing routine checks and then they discovered that some people had not activated some um, security features and they already handled the whole thing before anything happened but but <laughs> I mean obviously from from the amount of people that were saying their accounts were actually frozen. It means something actually happened. And we actually spoke to someone who, you know, uses Flutterway for his business and told us that his client's accounts it's frozen. Wasn't even frozen. His client's accounts were hacked and some monies were stolen from that account. I showed us screenshots of, you know, those accounts leaving Flutter, those monies leaving Flutter with, which proves that there was actually an hack. Interestingly, if, you know, you think, you know, maybe Flutter Wave would not come out and say there was an hack, but they would tell people using the platform that, oh, this is the reason why money left your account because we got hacked. But they didn't say anything. They only told them, oh, change your API key generate a new API key because so I'm leaning towards the fact and most people are leaning towards the fact that it was done via API. How exactly? Not sure yet. I think um, there are a lot of de- technical details there but the fact that Flutterwave is saying change your API key and the fact that you know the person we spoke to said that he didn't see anyone go into the dashboard to authorize those things right you know when you ask some, when you ask someone right maybe i get your password i pretend to be you i go to your bank app i know your uh, pin i send money out that's one thing but nobody opened your bank app nobody entered your bank app money was just going it means it wasn't it, it had to be something, it was done remotely in a way. Yeah. So the person is leaning towards, uh, yeah, it was done with API. But um, I th- since that story came out, we've been uncovering a couple of things, okay. actually, like really interesting things, like, um, you know, possible hackers mm. of, of Flutterwave, right? And uh, I, I need to mention that nothing is, absolutely certain yet but based on the dots we are connecting you know something interesting is really going on okay so one of flutterwave biggest investors 
um, Mr. Osareti Asemota, yeah. Victor Osareti Asemota, mm-hmm. claimed that no hack happened and the lawyer in the screenshots being shared around was not his lawyer. So how, how are you thinking about that? So I think it's pretty it's pretty obvious, right? Because why why would a letter you know signed by the court, right? Because after the letter was sent, the police wrote back saying wrote to the court saying that they supported Flutterwave's motion to freeze those accounts. Hmm. Those were actual court documents. So it's actually conceivable that companies could have lawyers on their retainer decides to use a different lawyer for a particular case probably it's too sensitive to give it to their main lawyer maybe main lawyer. To bring too much attention to investors mm. and all of that so they give it to someone else what do you guys think i think it's a, it's a possibility but i think the important thing to take away from here is um this thing actually happened which is obvious mm-hmm. it's obvious with the fact that people are saying because people said their banks contacted them and said Flutterwave said we should freeze your account. Mm. So why is Flutterwave freezing my account? I do I have no business. A lot of these people have no business with Flutterwave. They've never used Flutterwave. So why is Flutterwave freezing my account? Mm. You know, are quiet. <laughs> you freeze your account. <laughs> no, they did not. So it's it's obvious that something definitely happened. If I have no business with with you and you got a court order that my account should be frozen it means you probably followed the trail of money maybe songs stole money from your account and you followed it to my account if you can prove that to the court they will give you you know the authorization to get my accounts frozen Mm -hmm. so that the money does not leave right okay so what we found so far is who exactly (laughs) you know did this act and Mm -hmm. You know, um, we got a screenshot of someone who's who uses Flutterwave, and then he showed us, you know, the account, his client's account on Flutterwave, and you know, there was a particular name. I don't want to mention the name uh, for now, but there was a particular name that that money w- went to. So there was the first transfer of around a little over four million there that went. It was a successful transfer. There's another one of around four million there also successful. The person tried, you know, you will notice that the person keeps trying, he's not sure, probably not sure how much is there, but the person keeps trying a certain amount, tries a certain amount, tries lower again, and then, but then he tried twice again, lower and lower, and he didn't go again, so the account was emptied, right? So the name where the account was going actually came forward on Twitter and said, oh, it wasn't an illegal transaction. It was a legal transaction and they should allow Why are you lowering your voice? <laughs> <laughs> and they should allow wherever the money has gone to uh, whoever he has sent the money to to be able to access that the money. money. And then the person who got hacked said, You're telling me money left my account to this person account that I did not authorize my money. That I did not authorize and you're telling me it's illegal. So maybe this story would help if you give these people names okay so let's say um jendo <laughs> jendo that sounds familiar <laughs> 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 okay um, Sorry, let's use jendo. jondo 
John, John Doe and Jindo. Okay. Yeah, John Doe and Jindo. Okay, so John Doe mm. was where um, this particular flutter wave client, like where he saw his money going to. John Doe is the John Doe is the flutter wave client. No, John Doe. Okay, the flutter wave client. Let's Give him call him Tayo. Musk. Okay, Tayo. Tayo. Tayo saw his money going into John Doe's account. Mm-hmm. And then someone came to Twitter. Let's call that one Sarah. Sarah came to Twitter saying, oh, please, oh, I sent some money to John Doe. Please, it's not an illegal transaction. It's actually a legal transaction. I think they mentioned the amount. He said, I sent a total of 220 million mm-hmm. to John Doe. Please, it's a legal transaction. Let John Doe be able to access this money. And then, um, what did I call the photo with client? <laughs> John Doe the... Tayo. Yeah. Tayo. Tayo. So yeah. Tayo says... Wait, you sent money to John Doe. I saw money leaving my account to John Doe's account. Of that same amount? Yeah. No, no, no. Not even, not of that same amount. Okay. But the fact that money left my account to John Doe's without your account, without, without my knowledge. Okay. And you are saying you legally transferred money to John Doe, which means you know John Doe. Okay. Where my money went to. So which means you are probably the one that came to my account to send money to John Doe. Mm. So, so, John John Doe is the money laundering funnel. Is that it? That is let's, probably. Let's, let's give it a belt. <laughs> John Doe is probably the money money laundering funnel. No, not okay. Let's not. Sarah probably. Sarah is probably the one laundering the money. Yes, but the is the funnel now. You don't go like when you are pouring for you don't pour it directly. Yeah, use a funnel. Yeah, some people do. <laughs> some people do. So <laughs> it's waste the funnel. It's a lot of so and then. Some companies were mentioned. For now, also, I don't want to mention those companies. You know, mm-hmm. not to so that it don't affect some of the investigations we are running. I don't know which other outlets or police are also running investigations, so it doesn't affect you know these things. But something definitely happened, and I think it will be best to i think for flutter will find a way to you know let people know exactly what to work on maybe not reveal so much that it's now prevents them from you know getting back these monies right mm. because something obviously went down obviously ha. okay so i'm thinking okay this is a lot to take in so mm. in summary if you've been following this tyo lost his money and the money was sent to john doe sarah came online and said Please, I sent money to John Doe and freeze his account too. The entire is saying, eh, hey, Sarah, okay, <laughs> no. no problem. So, but the, <laughs> the, old, the main issue now is the way Flutterwave has handled this. And a lot, I see a lot of Nigerian startups handle this. Mm. And it's easy for me to come and say they could have handled the communication better, especially for the other not so positive stories that have come out mm. about them. And it's not just them, many Nigerian startups. Yeah. It's either there's denial, no comments or gaslighting. Yeah, gaslighting. But from the outside, it's easy to see all this. So I'm actually trying to think about it from lots of his perspective. 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 My God. So when the news broke, there were lots of comments, right? Oh, ah, fintech is the ghetto, right? And all of that. But the overwhelming comments from people I could see on Twitter was, ah, this book. How can you be a financial unicorn and you don't handle your security well? I mean, well, everybody gets hacked. Everybody gets Even Microsoft hacked. gets hacked. Microsoft, Facebook, they all, they've all gotten uh, security breaches at one point or the other. Yeah. 
and even big American banks. I mean, someone scammed the great JP Morgan. <laughs> why not? Please. Why not? So, uh, but There's nobody too big to be scammed. <laughs> nobody <laughs> that's that's it. Nobody too big to be hacked. And there's, again, I keep, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but your firewall is only as good as your employees and the humans that you're working with. You can have the best security, you can have the best firewalls, but as long as humans are the ones operating that thing, vulnerability can come in anywhere. The person can just leave his phone lying somewhere carelessly and people can access. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you should you should contact uh, Akin Today Sultan to give you like exactly a refresher so. on <laughs> security. But I think what happens is most companies focus so much on beefing their security infrastructure technically but they don't educate they don't educate their employees. their employees right they feel like oh regular content marketer does not have anything but you don't know what at all might happen right you don't know what emails might be getting to people's hands so yeah that's i think that's a key takeaway then i mean better communications mm. from startups very important but to be fair i am pausing and saying yeah i don't know what's going on behind the scenes from Wave perspective Nigeria, Africa is a very unforgiving place True. when people no longer trust you. You can. It's I mean, very you know, low trust. Does that, does that excuse some of the disastrous communication we've seen? So people, yes, people don't. People do it as people, of fear. They do it as of fear. I also think that they do it. I don't know, but it comes over as you being dishonest, man. I, 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 that's that's the way it comes off mm. for me. So, um, you are a business, and there's an operational risk mm-hmm. that comes with operating in that space. And for some reason, that risk happens, or that danger actually happens to you. And your first response is to either attack the people. Sometimes you may not even do it through your official handles. But you try to discredit the sources of these stories that that were broken. It doesn't look like something that a very very honest person does. And like you you mentioned in the, in the last one year, we've seen startups that had like on several news about them come out. And usually the first thing is to go on the defensive. So I get the part where. Um, you say something that isn't so good about me, and then I go on the defensive. But for Christ's sake, you're you are a business. You're not just a random person on the street. You're a business. And when this thing happens, your first, I don't know, I'm, I'm not a PR person. I'm not a crisis consultant or anything like that. But I really think um, a lot of startups don't understand what crisis communication entails. Because why is your first um, response always defensive? Every single time we see this happen, Something bad happens and you're going on the defensive to fight people. Why is that your response every single time? And yeah, I may be sounding like a broken record, but Flutter with in their own um in their own case, every single time it has always been the brand storyteller making these statements. I don't know whether you're trained in crisis communication or I don't know if you have experience of uh, uh on doing that, but it doesn't make any sense that your brand storyteller is the person doing crisis communication, except the person is qualified to do that, right? Flutterwave has a PR team that works for them. And this is probably where you just chill and say, oh, let my PR team handle this. Maybe PR team just gave her the copy and she posted it. If the PR team 
was the one that came up with that has always come up with their responses then maybe they should be looking for a new PR team oh my god oh my all god. right let's let's start <laughs> let's let's go to Kenya <laughs> let's go to Kenya right you said they're investigating online food delivery practices yeah. uh, is there something special about this that is worth noting well special is, I don't it, know. is it a case of stopping food delivery drivers from tasting the chicken <laughs> on the way to no, the food no, not really so um last year the i think it, the consumer protection council in the, U, in the u.s started investigating the actions or activities of buy now later startups because these guys are like um becoming more prominent in the country and they need to understand so it was previously unregulated and they just need to understand okay what are you guys doing here how can we start regulating you so they did that i think for a few months and then they came up with some um like guidelines that they would they are hoping to use for regulation so that's similar to what they're doing in kenya so online grocery delivery or food delivery startups are they are, they are like a growing category of um, startups especially in kenya and the idea is that they are looking into their activities um what are you doing how do you run this business how do you deliver your services to people are there some anti-competitive practices that you engage in that maybe stifles the growth or the entrant or of, entrance of, of new, new players new players so that's what they are looking at and then they're also looking at ways to protect the consumer so we uh, like this is a non-regulated space in kenya and they just want to understand how do you work and how we can create guidelines for you. So it's probably like when um, wealth management startups in Nigeria started and then the SEC was like, you guys need to be regulated, but you don't really know what you're doing right now. So maybe go ahead and we'll come back later. And yeah, so that's basically what they are doing. It's not anything that should make anybody scared. They are just trying to understand the space and then come up with guidelines so i think it's interesting and it's a good development rather than oh you are delivering food to people i be or you come let's slap you with regulations are first of all going to understand them before regulating okay yeah it kind of sounds like the approach that the cbn took with uh open banking in nigeria right mm. it's as i think it's more than six years now we've been talking about open banking are yeah you, is it yeah is it six years 2017 i think that was when they started serious conversations it's almost six years mm. yeah it should be about that yeah. well it doesn't need to be accurate yeah, but yeah, yeah yeah but so far so good the cbn has been trying to understand the whole concept of open banking mm. so about for open banking what what would you say open banking is so, okay yeah the news is open banking has been approved in nigeria right yeah. so there's been a long time coming uh an association of really really seasoned fintech experts we have at the digital law where even faithful and okbadioye as key members of open bank in nigeria okbadioye mm. uh, is the ceo of one pipe ceo and ceo of one pipe two of them also involved then we have players like um mono also kind of needing to be active in the space so but for the initiated what does open banking actually mean and what does it do for me Okay, so open banking is a system where financial institutions give third-party access um, to customer data. So to simplify it a bit, so I am Access Bank and I create an API. Okay, so this is done through APIs. Um, I am Access Bank and I create an API. So with this API, I can share it to ShopRite. And ShopRite doesn't need to build out a full financial services suite. So when I give access to um, 
to ShopRite give access to my API. Now they can access customers' financial data. Of course, this must be done with the customer's consent. So they look at my customer data and now they can offer me, offer my customer services that they need. So for example, um, the right. so right now, like you mentioned, we, we just have like a few players in Nigeria, but it's something that's catching on all over the world. And one of the benefits that a lot of people tout is it improves the quality of service that a person gets. So for example, um, lending startups have been playing around in the Nigerian space. Then GT Bank came, I think they have one of the lowest lending rates yeah. right now. And in order for you to compete with them, you just have to either reduce your lending rate, uh, your interest rates or something, and ju- or just find their other way. So yeah, um, having your API open means that I can see your customer data if the person acts, um, uh, allows that, and then I can now come up with services. So um, banks sit on a lot of data. data. I mean, if you're going to open an account, you give them your BVN, um, you give them other means of, another means of identification, maybe your voter's card, um, you give them employment information, give them, give them your NEPA bill, I know where you live, I know how much you earn, <laughs> Like the the only thing they probably don't ask you for is your DNA, or be your DNA information. But they you give them a lot of data, yeah. and they can come up with a lot of services uh, that they can offer you. They've not done that for some. Some people say that is because they are too lazy. I don't know about that, but they've not always done that. And with fintech startups, with other institutions that are trying to come up with um, financial services products, um, open banking helps them to offer all these services. Kind of services so uh, off the top of my head i'm thinking okay what are those kind of services that could be offered mm-hmm. so lending and yeah. buying up later is the obvious one you mentioned shop right shop mm-hmm. rights can decide that oh okay this guy is credit worthy yeah. can give this guy goods on credit mm-hmm. maybe transfer is not going mm-hmm. let him go with the items he will come and pay mm-hmm. right yeah. that kind of thing That's insurance insurance too so you've seen the, the likes of um it up, pay you that doing something like pay as you go insurance. Mm. So now I can look at the person and I, and I know, oh, this guy, is, this guy is not an insurance risk. He has, so for example, um, it up and pay you, it up in particular wants to give you insurance um, based on your, 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 let's say your risk profile. So it, maybe I'm a very rough driver and um, you are not, so you get better insurance rates. Now, what if they can, they can, they know now by looking at your financial information that, oh, you're very prudent, um, a prudent individual. You don't just, I mean, you don't get your 200K salary today and two days later, you have, (laughs) (laughs) two days later, you have like 20,000 remaining in your account. I mean, that's something that happens. That's what happens to a lot of individuals. Now, if I have that kind of data, I can say, okay, this guy is prudent. Mm. He's less likely to run away with my money. If he do, if he handles his finances this way, then what insurance products mm. can I offer I him? Um, what savings products, what investment products mm. can I create for this class of um, of my customer? So, I, and one of the things is personalized services. So I can look at you. You are a reckless spender. Are there is yes, you may be a risk, but is there a way I can get? I mean, look. So, I mean, think of what Carrie Wise could have done. They have um, safe lock, and it's for everybody. 
whether you are prudent or not. But what if for the most careless of us, Kariwa said, oh, you you need a second person to before you can unlock money that you've put into um to put into this account because right now um carrywise does not so for example yeah you need a cosigner now now for you to get i mean that, that, you that. That. <laughs> of course you will not wonder but maybe maybe it won't be an individual maybe they can tell you oh before you do this you need to do this you need to do that just so that we can unlock um the money you save so it helps people to get personalized financial services um some people doubt the financial inclusion aspect but i am not really convinced yeah, a lot of things usually tie into financial inclusions that, yeah. that don't but maybe people that already have bank accounts mm-hmm. and have more access to loans yeah to insurance, insurance that's the threat of financial inclusion could yeah. and somewhere i would be it's something so I, I don't know start it but it can expand can expand those who are already in the financial yeah. system so yeah, yeah. that's health insurance is something i'm looking at. so yeah we've been handful yeah we've yeah, been handful people <laughs> give us give us three minutes um they, we do buy now pay later for consumer electronics okay and i think i was speaking to someone once and she was like she's particularly looking at how um you could do that in the health space Especially in Nigeria, where a lot of people have to pay out of pocket, yeah. can you get it's, it's something like that, or is there a way we can reimagine health insurance? I mean, there's a lot that that could do, but it's early days, and it will take some time before the benefits of open banking come. Um, I'm yeah, not so psyched yeah. about open banking, but we don't have time, so they're <laughs> not so psyched about it. No, let us know why. It will be fine. Will be fine. Uh, okay, <laughs> so I'm wondering. Because we already have some of these people. I know Emmanuel say he's not open banking, open banking. We already have Mono, we already have all of them, right? What so what will now change? It's just that they'll continue working without like maybe any regulatory system. So imagine you having to go to like all the banks and then just for one person, but now with just one API, for example, you can get all of. So there's something that the CBN is going to oh, do. So like just going to have one single API instead of you getting access bank API. Mm, getting yeah. So oh, okay. there will be an open banking registry that like has all these people with their information and all of that. But what did change? Competition. So I'm thinking, how does it affect Mono and One Pipe, mm. especially Mono? So. <laughs> Okay, let's let's take this for instance, right? One of my friends is trying to build a personal finance management app mm-hmm. and he uses Mono to draw financial data. So he wants to be able to look at your financial history and help mm-hmm. you create budgets. When the debit is coming, the debit is coming directly into your account, right? Mm-hmm. Once the debit comes into your account, you now start categorizing them and all of that. Mm-hmm. But to be able to pull this financial data, it's a lot of API requests. Yeah. Now, API requests for you, API requests for him, API requests for me. Mm-hmm. Multiply that by how many number of users the person wants to do. Hmm. It's a that's, lot of money. Lot. With open banking, this could get easier. Maybe he doesn't need money. Possibly. Maybe. Not, no, I think there would always be. So I was looking at a few open banking hmm. startups in the US today. So they are not even, they are not like financial institutions per se. Hmm. Because now imagine you, so here's the thing, it's not just financial institutions that can play in the open banking ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody can. So 
I mentioned ShopRite and people usually talk about um, what's this Starbucks. So um, Starbucks, yeah, the gift card, mm. and you like they make a whole lot of money from that. So if, in Niger- <laughs> if Starbucks was in Nigeria, Starbucks can apply. So that gift card makes them. I can't remember how much they said it makes. I think about three billion dollars annually, which is huge, because they're telling you, oh, take this gift card and you come back later. So imagine Shoprite has a, a gift card program, and now they can see, like they are collecting financial information on you. It's not, it's not on the same level as um, a bank, but it's a lot of financial information. Or let's look at MTN for example. MTN, they're not necessarily collecting financial data, but they are the means through we get debit alerts, credit alerts, and all of that. So that's kind of financial information that they could just make available. And then people look at it. Now, that competition is like, for me, it's probably the biggest benefit I see. Mm. Because now banks know that the, they are, you are providing this API and people can see your customer. And if I can see what your customer does with his money, I can provide him better services. If I provide him better services, it's now you mm. having to respond to my better services. Do I make a counter offer? So now you already have the relationship with your customer. No, but based on all your responses now, you're not answering if I still need Mono. Yeah, it's still, you still need Mono. For what? Mono would play for who they will play for. It may not be everybody that, okay, that so uses Mono. a specific niche of maybe yeah. financial tech guys. Yeah. It's now be their specific niche. But mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's not like an open ground for everybody to come and play. Yeah. So right. for example, right now, Mono connects to banks, right? Okay. Yeah. But I, they are not, I don't think they are, I don't think the other people who could possibly play are already, but I, I don't think they have APIs. So they maybe ShopRite and the likes. I don't think they have APIs. Mm-hmm. So Mono can maybe long term decide, oh, let's just focus on financial institutions. And maybe someone else decides, oh, let's do everybody. So you will still need things like that. Mm, makes sense. Makes sense. So yeah, this this is a whole lot of gist, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try to cut them up into small, digestible bits for you to really, really digest. But of course, we can find everything in one place for do, those weirdos that watch longer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's it's been an interesting one. And if you want to see more dissections of the fintech space and all the dimensions and how everything affects you please subscribe to the FinTech Today newsletter hosted by Chingozim here. So you can see, he's, he's, he, I think he knows, he's knows, he knows what he's doing, basically. Yeah, so FinTech Today newsletter, and of course, don't forget our flagship newsletter, Tech Point Digest. Uh, a lot of guys raised money this week. A lot of uh, things happened this week. Uh, Ocean State, crash right of way charges, Starlink, we finally got the answer that rains disrupts them <laughs> we finally got our answer yes so so uh, sad it came it's crashed to 20 mb per second so so many many things you can find them on tech point digest stories that missed on tech point stories that you missed on the podcast you can always find them on tech point digest so yeah i think did i miss anything yes oh god my god lagos, lagos Expo. Expo. yes holding on may 20th 2023 at landmark center is going to be the biggest baddest event you've ever seen yeah and it's also an opportunity for you to like exhibit what you do as a startup yeah because everybody everybody who's everybody will be there good so if you're a startup building anything in lagos ipadon ondo anywhere in nigeria south east south south southwest please reach out to us we're going to be featuring a lot more startups in the coming weeks than we've been doing before 
in the lead up to Lagos Startup Expo, we need to see the awesome stuff that you guys are building because that's actually the core of what we are at TechPoint, startups, innovation, and entrepreneurship. So for those who are watching this on YouTube and those who are listening to this on where? If you are listening to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, I mean, you can actually find us on these podcast channels, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Hyatt Radio, and anywhere else you get your podcast. All right, wrong cue, but yeah, <laughs> you corrected yourself. Thank you very much, and uh, see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.